And um, well, not pretty. We, we did not. I I, I kind of hope they give us a refund after last night's game uh, for broadcast rights fees and things of that nature. Tim Rosenthal for Bruins Daily joins us now. Tim, what um, was it? The saxophone? Was everybody depressed about uh, George uh, George Bush and just you know kind of that that sad saxophone uh, national anthem just bummed everybody out or like what what in the hell happened last night with the Bruins? I don't know, but all they can be thankful for right now is only uh, dozens and dozens got to watch that game um, in Sunrise last night. I think that might have been the only silver lining to that one. Boy, I am just like... I'm just so... I. I guess I was expecting this because they've been so banged up for so long, you know, that they're, they're just going to have that sort of, that sort of night, that sort of thing. But when you see it happen like that against a team like the Panthers, which, you know, nobody expects you to lose to the Panthers four to nothing in anything. I don't really care what the sport, you know what I mean? Like there's no way the Carolina Panthers would beat you four to nothing, but um, you just, you don't expect to go down to Miami and get shellac like that. You also, and, and this is a situation, too, where I think a lot of folks will be like, oh, wow, Halak wasn't all that great last night. Well, Halak's been pretty good all year. He was, he was probably due for a bad night. You just you just throw this one out, right? I, I would probably burn the film for this one in a ceremony in the locker room just to make people feel better. Yeah, and uh, they should probably do that today in uh, Tampa, just get a couple of matches, put some gasoline on that tape and just burn it and uh, go on with your day, maybe even put it in a dumpster fire. I don't know, but... Um as far as the luck, yeah, maybe he could have had a goal or two that he normally saves that he would like to have back, but he was hardly the problem last night. If you look at that first period, he was the only Bruin that even showed up. So, well, uh, it was still nothing-nothing at the time. Maybe they could have built off that and uh, come out with a solid metal 20. That was hardly the case, and Florida just uh, took him to task. The, the, for that Mel Twain, and then they were completely lifeless in the third. Well, I, and again, I go back to what you said. There was a key point, and they got a power play. They had two, well, one power play, they got a penalty right off, so that really didn't count. The other oh. two, they had two shots total. Yeah. You, you can't, you're not going to score any goals. You're not going to beat anybody with that poor uh, a power play. Now, I understand that some of the guys normally play there aren't there, but. That I thought for me, other than the fact it was lackluster, that that was the key. You get a goal there to make it two to one. You know, maybe it's a different game after that. Yeah, for sure. And then you look at that top power play unit. Maybe the only guy missing right now from that is Bergeron. You have Marchand and Pasternak, who they've relied on heavily, especially Pasternak from that um, faceoff dot there. Um, where he set up for one time, or you have Krug back there as well, and you have a guy like Jake DeBrusque, who's um, uh, who's certainly earned his uh, top power play minutes. But you have David back as the center right now. They might put the switch. Uh, I, I think they should put the switch, uh, put Krejci on that top power play unit, be forced to go top heavy right now. And then you saw that five on five during the second period. Cassidy put Krejci with Marchand and Pasternak. It didn't turn out. Um, to favor them at all, for that matter, but he might be his hands going to be forced again. I think, and because you got a team in Tampa Thursday night that's smelling blood, that's got all the talent in the world with Stamkos and Kucherov, you may be forced to go top heavy here with Krejci, Marchand, and Pasternak. And uh, now the one thing that the Bruins did well before their uh, tri- trip 
to uh, Florida Tuesday was that their defense had been pretty rock solid, even with the absences of uh, four-time Selkie winner and Bergeron, a North Trophy winner and Chara, a two-way stalwart and McAvoy and physical uh, specimen and Miller. But um, just uh, defensive assignments, blown coverages, those uh, reared its ugly head uh, Tuesday night. And I think uh, if they do that against Tampa, it might be 10 nothing by the end of the second period. You know, I think we've, we get so used to teams playing with guys hurt, and, and that happens to everybody. Uh, they particularly happen to have a lot of the, their top guys hurt. But I, I think one of the things that's the glowing thing that's shown up to me that I don't like, and that is we've been talking for a while now that Krejci, what are they going to do with him? Who can they put with him and whatever? And putting him with the their top two forwards, really, uh, I just don't think he can do that, and I don't know if that means he's lost it and he's not going to be able to do it, or if it's going to take more time. But they've got to find somebody while Bergeron's out to play between those two guys so they can score some goals. I mean, that really has been their issue. There's so much pressure on the defense because the offense isn't scoring any goals. You can't make any mistakes. Right, absolutely, and you've seen um – both Jacob Brisbeck, Carlson, and Kobe Cave uh, draw that top-line assignment uh, during Bergeron's absence. I don't think either. They both have been in a little over their heads. And, but that's asking a lot from those two. Here are guys who are coming from Providence who are asked to contribute not only big minutes, but uh, important minutes in important situations going up against uh, other teams' top lines. And so far, that hasn't worked. So, and you look at Tampa on Thursday, the only guy that I can think uh, who could go up against um, that Stamkos uh, line is uh, Krejci if you put him with um, Pasternak and uh, Marshan. Now, could this be one of those game-by-game situations where um, where uh, different um, centers are playing top-line minutes? I, I do agree with that because then you got Toronto Saturday and you're going to have to divide up that lineup, especially with the, the return of Austin Matthews, and you got guys like John Tavares, you got Mitch Marner, you got the recently returned William Nylander. I assume he'll be back in the lineup by that time. So, and that is probably going to be their bigger challenge, not just against Tampa, but Toronto, with the amount of weapons that they have up front. I think that's going to be tougher than maybe even Tampa. I don't know. I don't know right now. I mean, I'm I'm almost willing to think because I always see it opposite. I think of that is that I I almost think you put a defensive centerman in there with those two guys who will like Bergeron always be in the right spot, always be where he needs to be to stop the other team, and then help to generate getting up ice. Pasternak doesn't need a lot of help. He needs to get the puck up there in, in a spot where he can can maneuver and whatever. The problem is they're getting jammed in their own end too often. Yeah, and not only that, they're losing face-offs left and right, and that's uh, one thing you expected in Bergeron's absence, but I don't think to this extent. And you looked at the um, game Tuesday. They even won a face-off in the attacking end, yet um, yet uh, Michael Matheson gets the puck and uh, goes up ice with ease and uh, makes a 2 nothing run away. I think that's one of the more deflating goals. So, yeah, um, they're definitely going to need some sort of answer at center. Now, I do think they're in line to look for a third-line center 
uh, down the road. But the one guy they are really missing, I think, is uh, Riley Nash. Now, granted, he did take the money uh, that the Bruins weren't going to offer him and go to Columbus. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I think they're really missing his versatility. I don't think there's anyone that could take uh that's been able to replace him, not only uh, to build on the top line, but even on the third line as well. I think that departure is really hurting the Bruins right now. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. You, you got any? Uh, you got any? Um, any uh, inside information on on the new Seattle franchise? I saw Totems was the odds-on favorite to be the name. I saw Totems out there. The Kraken has been um, one of the names put out there. Um, I doubt they're going to be named the Sonics because I do think the NBA will be back there eventually. But I kind of like this. Some interesting names there. Even the Sounders wouldn't be a bad name, I don't think. I saw the Seattle Rain that, <laughs> with a different spelling. No, I thought that was yeah, yeah, purple. Yeah. That would have been nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Then he could well no then then yeah that wouldn't work yeah boy <laughs> oh, I don't think boy. they're gonna ask us no I don't think we're gonna have anything to do although with that. in Maine when they were talking about it calling them the puffins that that might have put me over the edge that was yeah, that almost won Maine too, you know? puffins between yeah. that and wild blueberries yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> this is but, well at least we know their colors are going to be green. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. This is that's this is really, now. This is they're going to start playing the 2021 season, right? Mm-hmm. Have, have are we able to look ahead and think about maybe, you know, I thought the Bruins kind of got poached a little bit uh, with the Vegas expansion draft. Um, do you think they're going to do the same thing and try to allow Seattle to compete right away, or do you think those rules are going to be changed? Because I feel like a lot of teams felt like they got fleeced in the last expansion draft. Well, they did announce that the rules are going to stay the same uh, with one team actually not, um, uh, that's going to be exempt. And that team is going to be Vegas, oddly enough. So they can't poach away the talent from the recent expansion franchise. But it's a long way away, for sure. You look at some of the, uh, I believe Cap Friendly put out a uh, list of no movement clauses that players have um, entering that season. The list um, is actually quite extensive. And the Bruins have a couple players on that list um, in uh, Marchand and Bergeron. So... Um, I, I wouldn't look too far ahead into who the Bruins might keep and might not keep because not only will um, players get older, but at the same time you'll have a new crop of uh, players that will be coming in the next few years and that could be eligible as well. And um, yeah, and So you couldn't do a little forecasting as to um, who's going to be protected with the uh, core players, but... It's, I still think it's a little too early for that. Speaking of uh, people who are no longer here, I maybe I haven't paid attention, and I don't remember you talking much about it. What? Where did Adam McQuaid end up? He got traded to the um, Rangers at the start of training camp. Now, and, has uh, he the Bruins actually got Camper in return, who I think is done all right in his seventh defenseman uh, role, and that's what they probably expected him uh, to be when uh, they acquired him. What has McQuaid done in New York? Anything at all? Or? Nothing of noteworthy, although he is a regular in their uh, on their defensive course. Because so. hmm. I always think about it when I see uh, the Islanders come in and uh, 
Johnny Boychuk. I I still frustrated that he's not there. Oh, I know, right? And Bowie, but the first Bruins Rangers uh, matchups coming up in January, so we'll see the return of Van McQuaid there. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, just think, the Bruins could have used him too right now with the oh. um, plethora of injuries they have yeah. on their back end. What's the toughness is in bad thing? Now, I don't think I think people are overreacting a little bit when they say they need some grit and toughness um, over the last few weeks, but uh, that's just the result of players getting injured and teams taking liberties on the Bruins right now. Have we have we heard any more uh, injury updates? What Ma- McAvoy? You know, we, we I'm not sure we still officially know. Is it a concussion? And when is he going to be back? Yes, it was a concussion. It was his first career concussion. But um, he is now uh, graduated from uh, red or maroon, the red or the maroon uh, no-contact jersey. I believe Cassie called it maroon, so we'll stick with maroon. But he's uh, cleared for full contact. And um, my estimation, if he doesn't play tomorrow or Saturday, he'll be back uh, early next week. Because I think... Uh... You know, I think he makes a difference. He's got a good spirit. I think he moves the puck well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's what I'd call an absolute top-notch defenseman. He makes some mistakes because he's young, but he gives them so many other things that they need. Yeah, especially in that two-way presence. Now, getting uh, crew back on the offensive end helps a lot, but uh, adding another puck mover in McAvoy could really, um, will really help the struggling offense, I think, as well. Yeah. Talking with Tim Rosenthal from Bruins Daily and BruinsDaily.com. Tim, always good to catch up. Thanks for a few minutes, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good. Talk to you guys uh, next week. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Tim. Tim Rosenthal, Bruins Daily, BruinsDaily.com. Here on the Beelis Daily Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network.